Welcome to the Dream for Others podcast. I'm Naomi Arnold, an award-winning business and life passion coach, writer, speaker, and human rights activist. This show features inspiring conversations with those who use their platform, passions, and uniqueness to make a difference in the world. If you are big-hearted, open-minded, a lifelong learner, and are on a mission to help create a better world, this is the podcast for you. Now let's get started and dream for others. Today I am excited to have Natalie McNeil on the Dream for Others podcast. Natalie is an Emmy award-winning media entrepreneur, best-selling author, and founder of She Takes on the World. She Takes on the World appeared on the Forbes list top 100 websites for entrepreneurs and on the Forbes Woman list of top 10 sites for entrepreneurial women. Right now, Natalie is fiercely focused on She Takes on the World's flagship business incubator, The Conquer Club, a 12-month immersive experience that connects ambitious entrepreneurs to a team of powerhouse mentors. I personally have been following Natalie's work very closely since launching my business in 2014. She offers so much wisdom, insight and generosity to entrepreneurs. I use her Soul Seconds website almost every night to help me go to sleep and I love her book The Conquer Kit so much that I gift a copy to all of my new business coaching clients. Natalie also does a lot of philanthropy and giving back through her work, so I cannot wait to hear what she has to say and what we can learn from her about dreaming for others. Hello, Natalie, and thank you so much for taking time out to chat with me today on the Dream for Others podcast. I am thrilled to be here. I adore you, and I know it's going to be a great interview. And hello, everybody listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. You know, you know that I adore you too, obviously, because I'm borderline stalker online with all of my posts and <laughs> raves. <laughs> you know, it means the world to me. I know you have bought so many copies of the book to to give to your clients. And yeah. when I saw your Instagram post with you opening the box of books, you know, it wasn't even just a package of a few books. It was a whole box. I went and looked at the photo of when I received my author box of books. And I'm like, my goodness, like Naomi receives author size boxes. of books. <laughs> <laughs> like when I get my books, it's, it's the same. They come in a box, the same size as the one that you got. So that made me smile and totally just made my day. <laughs> That's really funny. I never really thought of it like that. I actually said to my husband this morning when he asked who I was interviewing and I said, you know, that box of books I have on the floor. <laughs> 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 That's who. <laughs> I mean, yeah, really the publisher should be giving you a retailer discount at this point, I think. Yeah, you should be getting the rate that like bookstores get. <laughs> I think you've been buying more copies than uh, than some bookstores. So thank you so much for that. Uh, thank you for writing such an amazing book that it's criminal not to give it to people. <laughs> <laughs> well, next one, next one comes out soon. Oh, yay, yay. End of the year, you were saying. Yes. Pub date is November 15th, 2016. Ah, fantastic. Well, you know, yeah, I'll be sharing about it when it comes <laughs> out. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. So to begin, do you mind just telling us a bit about your story and how you came to be the entrepreneur that you are and where your interest in things like philanthropy and giving back was born? <sighs> such a <laughs> such a long answer to this question. I'm going to try to keep it as short as possible. I was always entrepreneurial as a kid. I was one of those entrepreneurs who always had the lemonade stand as a kid. And not just a lemonade stand, but when I realized that I could make more money by going door to door because I would only get 20 people walk by my lemonade stand in like an hour or two. And I was thinking, hmm, if I could spend a minute at each house and go door to door, I could maybe hit three times more people than are walking by my stand, which is going to increase my profits. Like, <laughs> my mother was like, who is this child? <laughs> so my mom was my first employee. She was a volunteer employee. Um, she still tells me that she loved every minute of it, although 
when I look back at some videos of me as a kid, I I sometimes question that. <laughs> and even yesterday, actually, my mom posted one of my She Takes on the World videos on her Facebook page. And she's like, oh, I love watching all Natalie's episodes. Sometimes I'll binge watch them when I'm cooking. And I'm like, how are you still wanting to listen to me after <laughs> having to put up with me for so many decades? And I was such a bossy uh, little girl. So I always just had that entrepreneurial spark. And at the same time, my interest in philanthropy and giving back was very much rooted in that time of my life as well. I come from a family of volunteers and people who give back in whatever way they can. So even my grandparents won senior citizens of the year in our community for the amount of giving back that they do and they run a, a food bank in the city that I'm from. So that was always very much ingrained in me. And we did a lot of volunteering as kids too. So I would say that everything I'm doing now is very much rooted in my childhood. And, you know, going through the school system, at least the school system in Canada, and I know it's like this in so many other parts of the world, we were not really told about entrepreneurship as an option. It's not something that you're really taught in school, nor are you encouraged to pursue starting your own business. So when I would bring this up, I was usually looked at with blank stares and then told, you know, you do really well in school. Like, why would you want to start a business? You should be a lawyer or you should be looking at going to med school. Um, apparently, if you do really well in school, you're, you know, supposed to be a doctor, a lawyer or an accountant, <laughs> at least the schools that I went to. So my high school guidance counselor sort of encouraged me to pursue something like law. And so I thought, well, I guess I'm going to be a lawyer. I just sort of <laughs> resign myself to that. And then when I got to university, I went to a very entrepreneurial university, which was such a blessing because it opened up that world for me again. And I started a business when I was still in school. So when I was in university, I was also running this very small business, but it was a business nonetheless. And I was making pretty good money for um, being a student and Ultimately, it came down to trying to decide whether I was going to go to law school or start my own business and create my own dream job. And I ended up going on a trip to Europe for a few weeks all by myself, which my mom was not very thrilled about. <laughs> She's like, please don't go by yourself. But I went alone and it was on a drive through the Czech Republic where I was listening to the song, The World is Mine by David Guetta. And you've probably heard me tell this story before, but as I was listening to this song, The World is Mine, I drove by a giant globe that was a few stories high that said, the world is yours. And the picture is in my first book, She Takes on the World. And I pulled over and in that moment, I had like full chills and I just knew in that moment, as crazy as it might sound, that I had to pursue what I felt was best for me and what I felt was going to help me achieve my highest potential and purpose on the planet. And it was when I got back from that trip that I dove into starting a business, building a business for myself that I could move into outside of university. And I had a few, few businesses since then, and there have been successes and there have been failures too. But ultimately it was in that moment that I decided I was definitely going to be an entrepreneur. And I really believe in trusting those signs that come up in your life. You know, it, it's not always a big sign right in front of your face, but you're always getting those little whispers. And I think it's important to listen to them and to honor them. I still, I get goosebumps whenever I hear you tell that story. I, seriously, I do. I have goosebumps right now. And <laughs> I just, I, <laughs> I still get goosebumps every time. Yeah, it's incredible. And you can feel the moment. Yeah, like that, that was the pivotal moment 
for me. And that's also where the seed of inspiration was planted for She Takes On The World. It was that big globe that said, the world is yours. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to take on the world. Mm. That is what I'm here to do. I'm going to be an entrepreneur and I'm going to carve my own path, no matter how much fear comes up around that. And no matter how long it might take for me to be able to be making the kind of income that I would make if I just jumped into a job after university or, you know, there were, so many things that became fears in that moment. And at the same time, I knew I just had to, to do it anyway. Yes. Yes. Like this deep trust and knowing. Exactly. Um, Yeah. And I also, I just love that you had that role model and those seeds planted, you know, from a a young age and, and even those schools. And I was, I was nodding so much while you were talking because I, I actually recently went back to school to do some, like, it was like blind, like those, you know, those speed dates that people go on. It was like that, but with the school kids around careers and I had a station. (laughs) So I had a station and the kids, they're in year, year 10. I'm not sure what, what that is where you are but they're like teenagers young teenagers and they were doing two minutes at each table and when they came to my table they looked at me so blankly they had no idea what I was or what I was talking about when I talked about yeah. having an <laughs> online business and being a coach <laughs> you know, they all like seriously every kid that came to my table wanted to be a lawyer or a doctor or a police woman it was an all girls school Mm -hmm. Um, none of them had ever even contemplated the idea of having an online business or being an entrepreneur and you know this is 2016 (laughs) I know we have to encourage children and the next generation to consider entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. like for all the parents listening talk to your kids about that as an option I mean I remember having to do Um, this software program where the software program was going to spit out magically what you should be when you grow up based on you filling out this questionnaire. And again, this is actually where lawyer came up for me. And I was like, well, guidance counselor is telling me I should be a lawyer. This software program is telling me lawyer. So obviously I have to be a lawyer. And then the number two option for me was actually a clown. (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know where that came from Maybe because I like performing and I liked media and stuff. So clown came up and it was so random. And then later I learned that entrepreneur or CEO or business person, like none of those are even results mm. in this software that they would make kids do. And I thought, how sad. Yeah. Especially that clown is. <laughs> Like, like I I don't, a clown, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a clown, but how is that in the system? (laughs) And business owner or entrepreneur is not in the system. That makes no sense to me. Yes, it's quite, it's quite incredible. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And you can kind of maybe now looking back with hindsight, see how maybe clown and lawyer and those types of results uh, contribute, I guess, to or make up where you're at today and what you're doing. Like they require a similar kind of skill set yes. doing the what clown, you do. Maybe not. I mean, I don't feel like I'm really a funny person. Um, <laughs> I do some performing through <laughs> keynotes and through She Takes on the World TV, but uh, I'm actually afraid of clowns. Oh, Naomi. no. <laughs> Oh dear. And I were terrified of clowns. My mom had one hanging above the bedroom that we shared when we were kids and it was a clown sitting on a swing and it was hanging from the ceiling in our room and when the windows were open the wind would blow in and this clown would just be swinging through our bedroom and we thought it was the creepiest thing and my mom kind of feels bad about it now but uh it totally mortified us and we were so terrified of this thing that we couldn't even look at clowns for years without you know, oh, getting yeah. the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> oh, I know. And it's still an image that's there. So it's one that's stuck yeah. around. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I was meaning very loosely <laughs> in terms of entertainer and, yeah. you know, the videos <laughs> that you do. 
<laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. So with this journey and you started on the, the business entrepreneur path after having that, that moment while, while you're away, um, what happened? What happened next? Well, <laughs> I decided I was going to start my own business. So I still had to finish school as well. So I finished university and then after university, I started a business with some partners. It did not go well at all. It completely failed. And I'm really grateful for that experience now because when I decided I was going to start a business and do that after school instead of getting a quote unquote real job, everybody questioned that decision. Everybody thought I was kind of crazy and just making the wrong the wrong decision. And because of that, I had a huge fear around failing and treading very, very carefully to make sure I didn't fail or that I couldn't be seen to be looking like I was failing either. And because of that, I was not being an entrepreneur in the fullest sense of that word. You know, I wasn't totally tuned into that and taking the kind of risks that I would now and being as bold as I could be because I had this huge fear of failing, not because I didn't want to fail, but because I was so worried about what everybody else was going to think. So when I had that failure for that business that I was running when I was just out of university, it was such a a good experience for me because after that, I just didn't care anymore what anyone else thought. You know, I failed. People knew that it wasn't working out. Some people had things to say about that, but it was such a relief for me that okay, I failed. It didn't work out. I have this other thing that I'm super passionate about and that I think is the right path for me to take. And then there was this other opportunity that came up to work with the man who became my business partner in my next company. And so it all just worked out. You know, when one door closes, there's always another one opening. And I just needed to have that experience of falling on my face so that I could get up and be like, okay, I did it. It wasn't the end of the world. My life didn't come crashing down around me. And I moved forward with a much bolder mindset. And I think that is what allowed me to build the businesses that I've built now and to create the kind of success that I've created. And isn't it interesting how so many people that we know who are entrepreneurs or have successful businesses, they, they have these big failures. <laughs> we're so yeah. scared of them, but they, they help us in so many different ways, maybe not when we're and on the ground. Quote, yeah, yeah, there's that quote that it's three, it, I believe it's 3.2 failures before achieving success for some of the most influential entrepreneurs that you know. So a lot of people fail all the time. You know, when I was on Necker Island with Richard Branson, I was sitting across the dinner table from him, just talking to him and learning from him and asking him these questions. And it's amazing to hear about the number of times he's failed at something things that don't always even make the media, just like smaller failures that were very much under the radar. And then there were much bigger ones that did make international headlines. And the people who we look up to the most are almost always the people who have failed the most too. Yes. That almost makes me want to fail more. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, you always have to try things, right? I mean, we do this all the time. We're always trying new things in our business and throwing things out there and seeing what's sticking and what's not and just adjusting course from there. And I love being able to do that in She Takes on the World. I love being able to set aside 10% of our annual budget for R&D and for trying new things. And 
that doesn't always work out. You know, sometimes we'll invest in bringing people this amazing experience that we think is is so cool and it just doesn't strike a chord with people. So mm-hmm. I think you always need to be tinkering. You always need to be trying things. That is really the heart of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. You know, that is what we are meant to be doing as entrepreneurs. You speak with so much passion about that. <laughs> I can hear the I fire do, in your I? Yes. I do. This might be the next book <laughs> <laughs> or a big part of the next book. I do get so passionate about that because I know that for She Takes on the World, I find this to be hilarious. I was on my book tour for the last book, which you obviously know because you're like the number one buyer of the Conquer (laughs) Kit. And as I was on that book tour and talking to people, it was amazing how many people had discovered me in the last year or two, the majority of people. And a lot of the questions that I would get asked were around, well, how did you do it so quickly? Or, you know, I, how can I do that in the next two years? Like, I would love to be able to have this big platform and to have a book out. What should I be doing next? And when I told them that this goes back to 2008, like I started She Takes on the World as just a little blog back in 2008, they are shocked. Like their minds are blown. And they don't realize that it has been years in the making to get to this point where, yes, I have this amazing book deal and publisher that has been, you know, this book has been all over the world now and selling so well. And I'm so grateful for that. And that is years in the making. It didn't just happen in a couple of years. And that's why it's so interesting when we look at the the people that we admire and they say an overnight success is usually at least 10 years in the making. And that is true for so many people. Like I've now been an entrepreneur for over 10 years and most people are, most people in our audience are just learning about me and learning about our work now and in the last year or two. So you just have to be in it for the long term and be in it for the right reasons. And that is really important too. You know, if you think, okay, well, I need to have a book out there and I need to be on a book tour and I need to be, you know, this face of a brand, those aren't good enough reasons. There has to be something so much deeper than that because it is tough. I mean, to create content consistently and high value content that we invest a lot into for eight plus years that's hard. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's it's a lot of work and to just stick with it and to be trying new things. So you've got to you've got to have a a fuel that goes beyond just success and recognition and those external external factors. <laughs> And I, I I love that so much. And I'd love to ask you, what, what are the right reasons for you? Where does that fuel come from? I think what I've learned in also my journey through meditation, and now I teach meditation. And as you know, we've recently done Soul Seconds, which again was a project that we did with this 10% let's try new things and R&D budget. <laughs> we've launched this Soul Seconds brand, which is all meditations and designed to help especially busy people with meditations you can do in as little as 10 seconds a day. And, you know, ultimately through my meditation journey, I have come to a place where for me, it's all about the greatest good. You know, that is ultimately why we're all here. You know, you need to You need to make a conscious effort in your business. You need to look at giving back, like right in your budget, right as part of your bottom line. And I know that we're going to talk a little bit more about this, but you know, this is why you're here. And we talk so much about life purpose. We talk so much about following your passion. Actually, this is a source of stress for so many 
people. Like, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what my passion is. How do I find it? I need to, like, I want to find it this month. I'm sure you get coaching clients too, (laughs) who come to you saying this month, need to find my passion and my mm-hmm. purpose because I just want to like get on with it already. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you make it really simple for yourself and you just say that your life purpose is to just show up for love and to make that conscious effort and to serve the the highest good, whatever that is based on your own unique gifts, like that's it. That's what we're here for. And you do that in your own unique way, using your own unique gifts, like I said, but that is why you're here. That is your mission. So for me, that deeper why is just that I'm here to serve and I'm here to serve as many people as I am meant to serve. When I first started, she takes on the world and we had like 20 people on our mailing list, Naomi, I was so grateful for those 20 people. And sometimes it, was there were times when I just thought, wow, there are 20 people who want to hear what I have to say. There are 20 people who like, I don't even know these people's names. Um, well, I knew their names from my list, but like, I don't know who these people are on a, a personal level, but they want to, to be connected to me. Wow. How amazing. Like, how can I serve these people? And as it's grown exponentially, and we now serve tens and tens of thousands of people around the world, again, many who I will never meet personally, it's still that same intention to just show up, serve them, give them everything that I can so that they can reach their highest potential so that they can go out into the world and be doing what they're meant to do. They can go out and be serving in their unique way. And it's just creating that ripple effect. And ultimately that is what I am most driven by is just showing up, serving, and always, you know, I have this morning practice of emptying myself so that I can be filled with whatever it is I need to be filled with that day from the divine. So like always surrendering, always just letting it go and letting that higher power, whatever you believe it to be, just work through you. Mm. It all comes back to to service. You know, it's why we're here. Mm. And I love that intention to stay in touch with that. I feel like I was actually writing a blog post about this yesterday that I've been a bit nervous about hitting publish on, but I feel like sometimes we we start out with this intention, this beautiful intention to serve others through our business and through our work and then sometimes people get a bit caught up with the mechanics of it and with you know promoting ourselves and our business and with the successes and the accolades and whatnot getting the right number of clients that we sometimes forget that intention that beautiful pure intention that we're here to serve and and help others or whatever that might be, whatever the value is behind the reason that person started this path. So I love just hearing about how you are so conscious of that intention and those values and right down to, you know, a daily, a daily zooming in on them and a daily, you know, practice to, to help you empty yourself and come back to that. I just think that's so beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, I do want to make it very clear that I have not been perfect along the way either. (laughs) Like this is a daily practice for me now, but it's something that you can choose as well. So if you're listening and you're like, oh, wow, I am, if you're feeling something as we're talking, if it's really resonating with you, you can just choose in this moment to surrender all of it and to go back to that intention. You don't have to wait. And there was a time when I was off that path, you know, there was a time where I was much more achievement oriented and always about the next thing. You know, when I was working in uh, media and production, like at that time of my life, I was very much driven by the external 
recognition and the awards and the accolades. And it was always like, okay, what are we doing next? What are we doing next? And even after my business partner and I won our Emmy awards, which was such a huge deal, like winning an Emmy, such a big (laughs) achievement. And we didn't even really celebrate it. Mm. And it wasn't until I was speaking to a group of high school students and this girl stood up. She was maybe like 13 or 14 years old. And she was like, so you have an Emmy. And what I want to know is like, how did you celebrate that? Like, did you have a big party? And it was in that moment that I was like, how awful is it that we haven't even really celebrated that? So, you know, it, it is, uh, I have learned that it is about celebrating all those little wins yes. along the way and just being gentle with yourself because entrepreneurship <laughs> can be one hell of a roller coaster ride. You don't need to add all kinds of pressure on yourself. Yeah. On top of that, and you know, I'm a Capricorn and I am a January baby and an oldest sibling. So I've always been really hard on myself and definitely a perfectionist. And again, through my meditation practice, I've been able to let a lot of that go and just release it and just come back to being here to serve, which is really what it's all about. But for anyone listening, like you can come back to that right now um, if you want to. There's a beautiful prayer that I love from A Course in Miracles that is, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? Who would you have me meet? And what would you have me say? You know, it's a, a prayer of surrender and emptying. And I think it's really beautiful to wake up and and say that. And you never know where that is going to take you. When you decide to show up and be of service, like you have no idea who you're going to meet (laughs) or how you are going to be used. Um, You know, yesterday, actually, I had a beautiful situation where I had this Uber driver pick me up and it just so happened that I always talk to my Uber driver. Sometimes they're really caught off guard. They're like people usually just sit and text <laughs> in the back. And I always ask all these questions. And I found out that this woman was going through a bit of a hard time. And we were talking about her life and her passion and purpose and all of that. And it turned into this mini coaching <laughs> session for 30 minutes. But again, like this is how you are used sometimes when you show up and say, just use me for the highest good, you don't know where that's going to take you. And it doesn't matter because again, it goes back to the whole mission, the whole purpose. The reason why you're here is to just be of service. And sometimes being of service can look like a lot of different things. Yes. And it's, and it's not just tied to our work, is it? It's, it's across life. It is in the Uber car sometimes. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And if you are open to that, I think that is the most beautiful way to live your life. I mean, if I had sat in the back seat with my headphones on, just like texting in the car, I wouldn't have had that opportunity. But I felt like as soon as I got into the car, I I immediately felt those questions that I felt like (laughs) I needed to ask her. Mm. It was a really... I love that feeling when you just kind of (laughs) know. Yes. And you can just feel that energy. Like I could feel that there was something there um, that was a little off. You know, she seemed a little somber and I had an opportunity to help her shift that by the end of our ride. And she was a very different, had a very different energy by the end of our 30 minutes together. And that it's in those moments where I'm like, yeah, this is, this is what works. You just ask to be a clear and open vessel, clear and open channel for something much greater than you to just work through you. That's so beautiful and such a wonderful example of using your unique gifts to to serve someone else, serve others. I just love that. And I've also found when you were talking earlier about, about people wanting to find their passions and their purpose and the connection this has to their uniqueness that so many people don't even seem to know what their uniqueness is or what their unique gifts are. So 
I've found that a lot of the time that's a that seems to be a step that they can do too to find or to get to know themselves better and to connect with that that intuition or that feeling and that listening to themselves and that you those unique gifts that they have and that then enables them to to serve in the best way yes 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 Oh, so <laughs> you said so many things there today, already today. I've just been on a goosebump ride. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving this interview, I must say. <laughs> I'm glad because I, I am feel too. Like this is a good one. Yeah, this is a really good one. I'm glad. I've just been thinking of so many things just myself, you know, for my own, and I'm sure the listeners will too, so if I'm having such a powerful impact by what you're saying, just the things I can do myself to reconnect, um, to to clear in the morning, to reconnect to my my values and and my desire to serve, and that beautiful prayer that you shared, and so many things. My brain is just buzzing, and my heart is smiling big time <laughs> with the the thoughts of what I can already start to do to to become more on path, I guess, to where I want to be. Especially. I feel like you are very on path. <laughs> yeah, you you definitely live a very intentional, on purpose life. Uh, thank you. It takes. I think it's one of those things that we go in waves. I don't know about you, but I feel like, especially in the work that we're in, we're always juggling lots of balls. There's always lots going on uh, at work and in our personal lives. That sometimes it can be easy. I mean, we're humans to to drop out of that every now and again and then to have to refocus and to reignite yourself, I guess, to be on the path that you want to be. So I find myself going in these waves sometimes. I actually think they're really, really good for us. It's good for us to sometimes drop out of it or disconnect a little bit and reignite that that passion or that deep inner meaning. Um, I don't know. There's just yes. something beautiful about that too. I completely agree. And as you know, I've been moving countries <laughs> over the last little while, and I have definitely felt the need to, to release a lot and also to just be in a little cocoon. And from that, um, I feel like I've been emerging from that over the last, just in the last few days, really, with a renewed sense of purpose and something that is at a much higher level. I think sometimes, sometimes we just need to recognize that retreat does not always mean defeat. You know, we can retreat from something and that is, that is okay. You know, in, in history, there are lots of examples where <laughs> retreating was the best thing to do instead of continuing into that battle, continuing on what might be the wrong path. And I think we always need that. And I tend to work in sprints. So we'll do three months of really um, busy work periods with our heads down, getting a lot of things done. And then there's always that week or two after a 12 week sprint where I just again, go into that cocoon and retreat a little bit so that I can recenter and ground and look at what's next and what intentions best align with what's next. And, you know, I find it so interesting that in many other areas of our life, we do this and we think it's okay. But for some reason, when it comes to business or productivity and and things like that we don't let ourselves off the hook so much so for example you know with exercise we know we have to rest we know we can't be running or lifting weights continuously we know that athletes have off seasons but when it comes to work and and purpose and things we're passionate about we seem to not cut ourselves you know some slack to rest sometimes when it's it's part of the process we need it yeah so the other thing that you mentioned a little while back that's hanging, it's been hanging in the back of my mind <laughs> as wanting to explore further was around factoring in giving back in your business and actually making that part of your plan. And I'm curious to just hear 
some more from you about this, whether that's always been part of your your approach to business, even if with the ones that didn't work out, or whether it's something that that came into uh, things recently, or where it kind of sprung up for you. I know that you mentioned that you always kind of had this from childhood, so I'm curious to know whether it also followed you through your entrepreneur journey as well. Absolutely. Um, so I have three pillars as part of my philanthropic mission. I call them my three E's and they are entrepreneurship, education, and empowerment. So most of the things I do to give back will fall within one of those pillars because that is what I am most passionate about. And I think anytime we're looking at giving back, the most important thing you can do is just look at what you feel most called to do, not what everybody else is doing. Like, for example, I feel right now that in entrepreneurship groups, at least ones that I'm part of, building a classroom or a school or a water well, like those are usually the things that people are doing right now. And those are amazing things for you to do if that is what you are most passionate about doing. So I had this conversation with somebody recently and she was like, I just don't know if I want to like build a school. Do like, should I do that? Is it, (laughs) is it good for my business? And I was like, don't think about what's good for your business. It's not about what's good for your business? Like, what are you most passionate about? And she said, well, I feel like I just would like to give back to animals. Like I really love dogs, but I feel like I don't want to put on, I don't want to put on my about page or in my business be talking about, and 5% of my revenues go back toward dogs and dog shelters or vaccination programs. And I was like, if that's what you love, that's what you do. You know, it's, it doesn't have to be the the trendy thing to do. It just so happens that for me, entrepreneurship, education, and empowerment are the three things that I feel really called to contribute to. But if you actually lately, um, dolphins and whales and ocean programs uh, from being on Necker Island and... <laughs> <laughs> And talking to the the Virgin group there and Richard, I'm like, well, now I'm really passionate about the oceans too. And that's fine. Maybe we'll do something for the oceans and I'll go a little bit outside my pillars, but you need to find something that really resonates with you because you should give because you really feel like that is how you can make a difference and how you can make an impact. And I want to make something very, very clear that you don't just have to make a monetary contribution. And I hear this from people a lot. Um, It's a huge pet peeve of mine when business owners say, you know, I'm in business to change the world. I'm in business to make a huge impact and all these other phrases that are thrown around. And don't get me wrong. I am all for that. I want that too, but I'm all for doing it and not just thinking about it. You know, you don't have to give back when you've got to a certain place in your business. You really can do it now. And it does not have to be money. It can be time. It can be a cause that you feel like you can add value to and just go for it. Like I remember in the earlier days of my business when I was barely making enough money to support myself and pay my own bills, it was hard for me to think about the day when I would be able to help build a school or sponsor education, scholarships, and things like that. I mean, those weren't really things in my mind. They were things that I really wanted to do at some point. And I wanted to have the money to be able to take on these really big projects, but you start smaller than that. You know, you don't have to say, okay, well, you know, because I can't build a school right now, I'm just going to wait until I can, and I'll just do nothing in the meantime. So I would do a lot of volunteering, I did, again, it was always usually entrepreneurship, empowerment, education, but I would go in and I would speak to students and I would volunteer um, helping 
students consider entrepreneurship or I would uh, volunteer at different kids camps and training programs where they were trying to teach kids more about potentially pursuing entrepreneurship because that's something that I would have liked for someone to have done for me when I was a kid. So I just got involved with these organizations that really resonated with me. Like one of them was Junior Achievement, which I'm pretty sure is all over the world. And they're doing good work to promote entrepreneurship among young people. And that was an organization that I got involved with and volunteered with. And that is what it's all about. You know, you don't necessarily have to give money. Your time is really valuable as well. And I've seen people give back in really creative ways that they feel called to do. I worked with an artist who did some pieces to auction off for a cause that she really cared about. That's amazing. She got to use her unique talents and gifts to do something to help somebody else. So don't let it feel overwhelming to you. You know, we often talk about, well, I want to change the world and that's great. And you can do that in a big way by doing it in a small way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you can do that by being a good example for those people around you and serving in your community and just getting involved. Yeah. Again, a topic I'm also <laughs> I'm also very passionate about and could just continue to go on a tangent about. <laughs> I'm glad though, because I am as well. And I work with a lot of new business owners or people that want to be new um, in business and coaches and people like that. And they quite often want to give back, but they don't know how. They don't think they have a big platform or audience, um, you know, social media following. They're not making much money yet. Some of them are making no money. They haven't even started. They're investing their money into their websites and into everything else, but they still have this urge to give back in some way, but they just think it's through money. And, and that's kind of the way, I don't know, it's the mindset that seems to be there. So I love that you, you went there and that you gave some examples because it kind of helps open your mind a bit to the options that are out there where you can volunteer, where you can use your uniqueness to to help in, in some way, um, how you can create things to to benefit some nonprofit or cause. Um, I think sometimes as well it's just actually supporting those who who are putting themselves out there, the who are championing kind of these causes and and issues that matter to us, just kind of supporting them online or at their yeah. events and things like that. There's so many things we can do if we think more open-mindedly about it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I also love that you have those pillars. I keep coming back to them. I wrote them down <laughs> while you were talking and I keep looking at them yeah. and I'm thinking the other thing I see a lot is people Oh, you know, the big heart-centered giving souls out there that want to change the world, they're so passionate about, and I'm probably one of these speaking about myself, you're so passionate about so many different issues that it can get a yeah. bit overwhelming. Like, which well, one? Well, there's a lot of problems one? in the world, right? <laughs> yeah. There are so many different problems, and I think it is overwhelming. I mean, if you turn on the news, if you open any sort of news site, it's easy to feel really disheartened very quickly at the state of affairs (laughs) happening globally right now. And I think you can just feel overwhelmed so easily that it is important to have those North stars that you can keep coming back to and feeling like, okay, this is where I am going to choose to make my impact and to contribute in a way that feels aligned. Like this is the most important thing to me right now. And Sometimes other important things will come up. Sometimes there is a a natural disaster where everybody sort of comes together and tries to help one particular area of the world, and that's great. And I just think having those pillars or looking at your philanthropic mission and how you feel you can contribute right now, be it time, be it money, um, and looking at different organizations, making sure, too, that when you're investing your resources, that you are looking at that 
ROI on them, not in a gain sort of way as we would usually look at ROI, but a return on that um, impact. It's all about the impact and that ripple effect. And this is why I think micro loans are amazing because when they're paid back, you can reloan that money and keep it in the system. Whereas, you know, if you are contributing to charity that might have a really low rating with charity navigator, or they have really high overheads, like that's probably not the best way that you could contribute unless you feel really, really called to contribute to that organization. So always look into it too, like do your research. If you're going to contribute, contribute in a way where the resources that you are contributing are going to stretch the furthest. And this is why I love working with smaller organizations that have very low overhead, because you know that the money is going to the right places. And there's usually more transparency there. And transparency is a big thing for me right now, especially as I'm looking to potentially make some larger contributions. And I want to make sure that that money is going to be used in the way that will be of highest service. So just do your research and um, find those organizations that are very transparent and that have really good track records with uh, Charity Navigator is a great tool that you can use to figure out that information. And I can see how having those pillars that you have can offer a bit of a foundation for doing that or some clues where to start. And as you say, you can still um, expand on them, like looking into helping the oceans. <laughs> But it helps, it helps, I guess, focus and not feel so overwhelmed and confused about, about all the things out there that you could, you could help with. Absolutely. So with She Takes on the World at the moment, with those pillars that you have, what are the, if you don't mind sharing, what are some of the areas that you are trying to give back in or to, to help in some way at the moment? Yeah, that is a really, really good question because we are kind of starting from the beginning with all of this. I mean, we have worked um, supporting organizations that we really love, like Kiva, and she's the first, and we worked with Mom to Mom Africa to build the Conquer Academy in uh, Tanzania. And now I'm looking at okay, are we making the biggest impact that we could be making? Um, What could we be doing to, in our minds, like be stretching those dollars as far as we possibly can? So we're actually at a point where we are, we're still going to stick with the pillars, but we're looking for that next big thing to potentially take on. Um, And I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be around the Conquer Academy and what we were doing in Tanzania, but we may have reached the point where we have, we have served our purpose and it may be time to take on another project. And I don't know what that other project is right now. It's one of the things that I am sitting with as we go into our busiest time right now. And I have a few, I do have a few really big ideas right now. Um, I haven't made any firm decisions yet, but um, I've had this idea for um, creating more of a fund. And what I would ultimately like to do is have this fund where even people within our own community that we're working with, like within the She Takes on the World community, if there is a project, like we do have quite a few uh, not-for-profit business owners. And I say business owners because they usually treat it like a business as they should. Um, I think that if more charities and organizations were run as a business, Still, of course, with that social mission, it it would create a much larger impact, but that's a conversation for another time. (laughs) And yeah, being able to potentially support projects that rise up from within our own 
uh, community. So I'm doing a little bit of research around that right now as well. And I, I don't know, but I feel like it needs to be something big. Like we've, we've definitely been doing big things and we've been playing our part and we've been using our business to, to give back and to serve. But I just feel called to do that in a much bigger way based on, uh, where we're at right now and where I know we're going to be in the next 12 to 24 months. So I'm looking at like, okay, what do we, what do we do next? I want it to be epic. So I actually don't have like a really clear answer to that right now because we've been talking about that a lot um, internally. And I have a, a feeling that this whole conquer fund thing is going to, is going to come together. If legally and all that, it, it passes through all the, all the legal hurdles <laughs> that can come with trying to do uh, something like that. But I would love for our community to be able to vote on things too. You know, ultimately our revenue comes from that community and I would love to, to have them be involved in some way in all of the giving back. So that's another, another thing that we're looking at right now. Oh, that's really exciting and really big. <laughs> and it just made me think I know someone here locally who has a community fund as part of their business. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I was thinking I'll have to talk to her and see if I can get her on the podcast to talk about, about that and how they set it up and how they use it um, to help local causes is mostly theirs, I think, is it focuses on local causes and nonprofits. So that would be a really yeah. interesting chat to have too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I am really excited about some of the work that that people are doing right now. I mean, it mm -hmm. is amazing to see the innovation that's happening as well within some of these organizations. Like, oh, it just, it makes me so happy. Even, I think that there's a lot of potential around giving internet access to more people in developing countries. And because education and entrepreneurship are such big parts of, of my mission and what I feel called to do, um, I see a lot of potential there for, okay, well, you know, now we're going to have, what is it like 1 billion more uh, people online in the coming years. And what that means from an educational standpoint. And I know that there are organizations already doing this on a much larger scale. So maybe it's a matter of getting involved with them, but there's just all these little, <laughs> there's all these little sparks that I've had. So I think we'll continue mm. obviously to support the organizations that, um, that we have been, we love contributing to, um, Kiva. We love the organization. She's the first, and a few others as well. But yeah, I feel like in the next phase, like for the next decade, I, I want to set up something much, much bigger now, one step at a time. You so don't like to do things small, do you? <laughs> no, but I, I promise when it's all figured out, I will come back on <laughs> that <would> the <laughs> podcast and we'll talk about all of it and we can see how that's progressed. That would be amazing. I'll be watching closely. <laughs> So I think before we finish up, I think I've used up probably enough of your time today. I've loved every moment. <laughs> uh, I have too. I've got so many ideas just booming in my head at the moment for things I can do myself, but also for things that I can follow up on to, to help you know inspire others and give them more ideas too. Um, but I think just before we go, can you just can you just tell us what's next for you? I know you've got some exciting things coming up, which we've we've touched on a little bit throughout our chat, but if you could just tell us about what's next before we go, that would be wonderful. Well, new book, Conquer Your Year, which is the follow-up, the part two to the Conquer Kit. And I'm sure because you're the number one purchaser <laughs> of Conquer Kits that your community might already know about this, but the Conquer Kit is your 12-month plan and then Conquer Your Year takes that 12-month plan and actually breaks it down week to week and day to day for an entire 12-month period. So now you can actually break it all down into smaller actionable steps and sprints, which is the structure that I use for working 
that works really, really well for us. And we've tested this with focus groups. I'm super excited to get it into your hands. So yeah, new book and the Conquer Club is one of my biggest focuses. That's our 12 month incubator for entrepreneurs. And we really focus on implementation and systems. So it's not a program, but a whole support system. And it's all live calls and live interaction to give people very personalized support and feedback within the community throughout the year. So that's the big, big thing on my plate uh, right now, the Conquer Club. It is my my love and uh, I'm looking forward to welcoming many new members for the 2017 year. And then Beyond that, I've got a, a memoir, actually another book, <laughs> another book. Um, I, I committed to a few books in a very short period of time. And so I've got a little bit more uh, writing to do, but that will be another thing that I, I turn my focus to after that. And you can expect a lot more <laughs> meditations on soulseconds.com and great episodes of She Takes on the World TV over at shetakesontheworld.com. There's always something, there's always yes. something, but in the immediate future, conquer your year and the conquer club are, are my main focuses. Yes. And I will include the links for those with this podcast episode on my website underneath, especially because I think the conquer club will be open for registrations when we launch this episode. So I will put the details there for people to find you. And I suspect you might even see me inside the Conquer Club next year because I've been meaning to sign up for a while and the time hasn't been right. So you might see me we, floating in there at some point. We <laughs> would love to have you <laughs> inside of the Conquer Club, of course. And it really is just a beautiful community and both myself and then Kelly, who is our in-house systems expert and strategist. She's the COO of my company, um, she does a lot of the systems training and she is a genius. She's a systems engineer and can just figure out the most brilliant systems for everything. So we do, we do a lot of that solid foundational work and it's, again, it's not a, it's not a program. So I hope that you'll come and, and check it out. Like I give very specific feedback, look at sales pages, websites, tweak things with you. It's, very uh, extensive and there are opportunities for live events uh, to attend and, and things like that. So we are really, really proud of what we've created there over the last uh, four, four years now. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I've been eyeing it off for the past, I think, two years and there's been a couple of blocks each time um, with just personal reasons. But I think the the sky is opening this year. It's it's going to be on my radar, and I hope that people listening will join will join me for the ride and you. Absolutely. Well, we would love to welcome all of you into the 2017 community. It's going to be it's always bigger and better <laughs> every year, but we have some really cool um, opportunities even to see inside million dollar businesses. So one of our new features, in addition to the office hours that I host is the million mark mentoring chats. So I bring on one of my uh, peers who also runs a million dollar plus uh, company, in some cases, multi-million dollar companies. And we just dissect that and go behind the scenes because I think it's really important for you to see and learn from people who are a few steps ahead on the steps that they were taking in order to scale, in order to grow. And even if you don't aspire to reaching that level in your business, although if you're, <laughs> if you're um, very entrepreneurial, you're always aspiring to just make it as big and, and reach as many people as you can. But even if you're not, even if you would like to have a much smaller business, those kinds of systems and getting a behind the scenes look at my business, their businesses, uh, is very, very valuable. And we've just seen people have extraordinary growth and results because of that by getting to have that help tweaking things. Again, you've mm -hmm. got to tweak, you've got to tinker. <laughs> Those are the things that make really big differences in 
in your business. Yes, there's often a big difference between theory and practice, isn't there? So seeing how that practice is translated for others and tinkering with it ourselves can be so helpful. Yeah. And we don't always see it when we're in it too, no. right? If somebody else looks at it and says, oh, okay, well in your sales funnel, let's tweak this, this, and this. I mean, mm. we've had this in, um, in the Conquer Club community where we're at our live event and we're creating sales funnels with everyone. And it's like the clouds apart and the sun <laughs> shines in and someone's like, oh my goodness. And they go and they implement it and just see massive results just from one small tweak or shift that we notice because we do this so much that yes. it's sometimes just hard for you to see in your own business. So yes, how anyway. rewarding. And I can see I how can- that could even like help, you know, how you were saying that if not well you didn't say it in these words I think but how if not for profits treated things more like a business sometimes that it could be more helpful I can see how some of those things that you were just even mentioning then about the conga club and the breakthroughs that you've had in the shifts I I can just see how that could even apply to yeah (laughs) so those aren't aren't in profit but anyway that's probably another whole discussion I can talk about that forever too. I'm so (laughs) passionate about it, but we'll share all the info so that people can come and and check it out. And we do have a, you know, before we're getting ready to open up our membership, we do this two week business accelerator, which I believe at the time this is being published, you should be able to still get into the business accelerator, which is basically where you come and you get the Conquer Club experience for two weeks in terms of the live calls. So you get the live office hours with me and I'll be reviewing a lot of sites and sales pages and you're going to get a million mark mentoring call so that you can experience that. So we just give people a taste of the community um, if it is something that you're interested in. So come on over and join us um, on that. And I'd love to talk to you on one of those coaching calls because it's one of my favorite things to do. Ah, fantastic. How exciting. I'll share those links. And I'm also going to include the links that of some of the other organizations that you mentioned today. So thank you so much for having this chat with me today. It might be getting a bit late there, is it? No, it's not too late. And oh, plus, I could you. just talk to you forever. So thank <laughs> you so, so much for having me. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to this episode. I am really glad that we got to connect if we haven't been connected before. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you for listening to the Dream for Others podcast with Naomi Arnold. For episode notes, further inspiration, and access to my free resources, please visit naomiarnold.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to please subscribe leave a review in iTunes and share it with your friends or peers. Let's continue to dream for others and I'll talk to you soon.